Hello and welcome back to All My Darlings, where we are reading Harp Song for a Radical, The Life of Time, The Life and Times of Eugene Victor Debs. We're on page 79, chapter 25. The kind of German immigrant to these shores whom Brother Wittling cannot upon the whole idealize must surely have been the familiar figure of the beaver-coated John Jacob Astor, whose name had been anglicized from the original Ashdor or Ash. A-S-C-H-D-O-O-R. I think an Ash... D-O-U-R, so it could be Ashdower or Ashdor or Ashdor, A-S-H-D-O-R, to Aster. So, and they, and they did when, you know, I think you've all heard the stories where uh, immigrants come over and their names were changed. To fit the person who was trying to listen, write it down. And who had come to America in 1784 with no merchandise to declare at the sign of the Dollar Customs House, but seven suits and seven flutes, and who, formerly a pearl cookie salesman on Pearl Street, had gone to work for a Quaker beaver fur king, flogging maws with his bramble stick out of the stored skins of murdered beaver cooperative brotherhoods, who, with their instinctive architectural and mathematical sense, which was no doubt older than that of man with his corrupt contempt for natural good, had built the honeycombs of beaver dams and American rivers and streams and lakes. For a mere dollar to the red men of upper New York State, those who had wandered as the communal beavers had waned, Astor had been able to purchase pelts, which would bring 600% profit for each skin shipped out from New York Harbor to London, and thus he had become not only the king of the beaver trade, but the great landlord of the Astor house and all that he surveyed. It was the wanton slaughter of the feathered red men and of the beaver brotherhood in Buffalo, which contributed to the elegaic sense of the American millennial continent from earliest time onward, and which would bring the awakening of social consciousness of Eugene Victor Debs, if there was such a thing as his awakening, if it had not been his from the day when he was born. So this chapter 25 is the first time we've heard about directly about Eugene Victor Debs from, for about 20 chapters. Um, along Seneca Turnpike, a straggling mile was named Turkey Street in memory of Turkey citizens who, when being driven along this main artery to Buffalo or Rochester, that which migrant workers also took when going west had been so worn out with their feathers wilted in the wind and their red combs about to drop off that they had cried aloud in their own cackle language, doubtless the same in all countries and needing no translation, that they had gone far enough into the land where the sun set and so they had struck, had broken loose from the drover and had flown up into the trees where they had insisted upon remaining in spite of the long bramble with which he prodded them. They were like the poor Irish themselves who escaped from one slaughter to another. The drover had sold the turkeys off to local farmers who had enough prongs to bring them down. Vitling had been fascinated by the economy and harmony of the nearby utopian Oneida community, which under the leadership of the perfectionist John Humphrey Noyes, Noyes? Uh, founder of a quasi-millennial commune dedicated to the ideal of no personal ownership of private property but the sharing of all things by all men, including their wives, whom they owned no more than they owned their orchards and fields and beehives and brick kilns and sawmills, who had fled from Putney to the stony land of Vermont, to this place of uncertain refuge from the killer capitalistic world of the Philistines for the life of the prim primitive Christian church brothers, with their faith that no man should call aught his own. They had come here to establish their peaceful island world in the midst of the sea of capitalism, and like the wild turkeys, they were under threat from the beginning. He had made his way through the autumnal land to establish the Oneidas community, 
Oh, because it's O N E A. No, say O N E I D A. So like one Ida Oneida. Yeah. Oneida's community, which took its inspiration by link and chain from God to Christ and from Christ to Paul and from Paul to John Humphrey Noyes, whose inspiration and Noyes is N O Y E S. Could be Noyes, could be Noyes whose inspiration had come to him in a radiant light when the, he first started out, even as it had come to the journeyman tailor when he was a naked tailor gathering mold in the Swiss prison. On Turkey Street, to help themselves tide the community over a valley of depression, such as they had found when they first came here, the Oneidists were engaged in a nakedly capitalistic venture of their own without shame, the operation of a steel trap business for the catching of whatever wild birds or beasts, including sometimes a two-footed animal who was man, should make the mistake of putting his foot there. <laughs> oh, so she's tracking the progress that, well, uh, progress, but um, the immigration of these ideas from Europe to America. So America likes to think that we were a capitalist society from the beginning, which they were. I mean, that stuff was imported, but these ideas of uh, socialism and communi community and utopias and all this, they, they all brought it to America, wiped out uh, indigenous species, uh, indigenous nations were uh, moved, had gen genocide committed against them or moved to reservations, all in this idea of utopia, that there was some kind of utopia that could be built, that could be man-made and built. So I see the same parallel coming with space travel, because you know we've got all these rich uh, billionaires who... God forbid they should invest, I don't know, in the humans who helped them get their riches and instead are, oh, we can find a new, um, find a new planet to build a utopia. It'll be so much better there. We'll be able to do it right there. I mean, I love how Margaret Young focused on that and moved the narrative that way, uh, which I wish she was more, she should be more widely read just for that. <laughs> All right. Thank you for, I'm having trouble charging this phone. Oh, I'm going to do with it. Um, but yeah, I can still do the recordings. No problem. Um, I'm pretty sure I'll be here on here for days for this week. And then, cause this is the last week of September, right? Hold on. Let me look. I don't know where I am. I'm having a moment. Yeah. So Sunday we start, so Sunday officially they start the, um, harp song for a radical read, read along. So I'll record uh, Tuesday through Saturday, and then I I don't know if I will be able to join them Sunday Monday because I usually am not around on Sunday Monday. But I can, but since I've already read it, I can keep along. And then also I've recorded it, so I can go back and listen. That would be cool. I think I'll go back and listen. And um, also she should have the reading schedule of how many chapters we should be covering in a day. Uh, see what. I don't know what time frame she put on here. But anyways, follow Paper Pills. Uh, she's on Blue Sky. If you need an invitation, go ahead and uh, contact her. And also, I'm at MMMD by MY. So if you... I uh, looked on Blue Sky and I have one invitation. So if you need one, please uh, contact me. Let's see. I'm on Instagram. Pretty sure I'm on Instagram as Miss Macintosh, my darling. Um, yeah, almost positive. So you can contact me on uh, Instagram, Macintosh, my darling, DM me, and I can give you an invite. I've got one. So I'll be happy to get, give that to somebody if they want to join in and they'll read along. And I think that's it. Oh, I don't know if I'll get four days in here. Maybe I might be busy on one of those days. So I'll probably get at least 
two more recordings in, possibly three, but for sure two more. And then, yeah, we'll be starting October 1st. It'll be fun. Join us. Thank you for listening. Hope you're doing well.